Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Monday, August the 12th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, a very busy show, the Dolphins hit the practice field again for the first time since Thursday's preseason opener. We discuss the key bullet points there, including lineup changes, a rookie and sophomore that have earned bigger workloads, Throughout training camp and Ryan Tannehill sending a rookie out of the huddle and chewing his ass on the sideline. But before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to quote Ryan Tannehill to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review once you have done so. Give us a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingful NFL. Vote the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter. And the show is at Locked On Fins. And of course, the number one blog in the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. We have a piece up there right now. We're going to talk about it on the podcast, but you can check it out. There are plenty of GIFs inside talking about Jerome Baker and Vincent Taylor. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and get to some news. And as he does every day, the Mad Dog leads us into our news items, which tends to cover the injury report every single day. But first up, we have a potential free agent signing talking about Bashad Breeland, who has visited with the Dolphins on Sunday. He was a four-year starter for the Washington Redskins and had himself a nice-sized deal inked with the Carolina Panthers back in free agency in March. And that was voided because of a health issue that he could not pass a physical. And now he is back on the free agent market and apparently he is ready to go. And I think we'll see Miami make a move on this contract and get him into camp. And we'll get more on that later in the podcast talking about the cornerback position there. Speaking of injuries, Mike Hole got some good news over the weekend. Originally thought to be an ACL. I reported myself I thought it was an ACL. But it sounds like Mike Hole just has an MCL sprain that will keep him out, quote, several weeks and quote according to the Miami Dolphins staff and the training room down in Davie South Florida and I would have to imagine that Miami opts to keep him on the PUP list the physically unable to perform list to start the season and then looks to activate him sometime around Halloween if they so choose to I guess it's going to depend on how the linebackers behind him respond in their new elevated role also returning to practice Tony Lippett back at practice after missing some time last week and the game on Thursday he has a very very uphill battle to climb but at least he now has the opportunity to do so with health back on his side also held from practice today Kenny Stills did not practice sounds like he is nursing a muscle strain the Dolphins would rather just manage at this point than put him through the rigors of a week of training camp. And as always, the coolest thing about Kenny Stills, he was the last person after practice signing autographs with all the fans, all the kids, just being the great guy that we have come to know him to be. Stills was precautionary, as was Jordan Phillips, who did not practice today either. And they joined Jake Brendel and William Hayes for those that did not practice. So AJ Derby back and going as well as Tony Lippett back up and practicing. So the Dolphins, relatively healthy heading into the second preseason game against Carolina Panthers. Let's get to some more news from around training camp at Sunday's practice for Sunday, August 11th. This is the Sunday, August 12th podcast for Locked On Dolphins. That's another Miami Dolphins. 
just some more camp notes for you guys on the day. In place of the injured Kenny Stills or the held out Kenny Stills was Albert Wilson getting those reps. That seems like a very, very seamless transition to go from one player to another. And one of the things that I was interested about on the game on Thursday night was the fact that Drew Morgan was the sixth receiver to see time in the game. They ran out with Parker, Stills, and Amandola on the first string as to be expected. And then you kind of wondered who was going to be that sixth guy with Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson. Well, it was Drew Morgan ahead of Leontay Carew, Isaiah Ford, and the rest of the crew down there. Drew Morgan comes off the bench first, but my opinion is that Francis Owusu and Isaiah Ford earned the right to kind of battle for that spot as the sixth guy off the bench, first guy off the bench really, sixth receiver in the rotation for Friday's game at Carolina. And speaking of the receivers, Devontae Parker remains in that first wave of wide receivers, but I do suspect that he is going to see a demotion sooner rather than later and that Jakeem Grant will be the one that eats into those reps because as of today, Xavier Howard, once again, as reports come out from camp, Adam Beasley, Armando Salguero, whoever you talk to says that Xavier Howard continues to shut down Devontae Parker, cannot let him go from his grasp playing a physical brand of football. And we know that Devontae Parker does not handle physicality very well. So no real surprise there for a player that we have dubbed Charmin Soft in Devontae Parker. So wide receiver room getting sorted out a little bit. The kicking battle hopefully getting sorted out as Jason Sanders has a nice day kicking field goals. He had back-to-back 61-yard boots. We know he has the big leg. Greg Joseph kicked a kickoff out of bounds in the game, missed one as well. So it sounds like the kicking battle definitely leaning towards the seventh round draft pick out of New Mexico over the free agent from Florida Atlantic. And another note from news to, or from practice today, I should say, Ryan Tannehill, and I talked about it in a article up on LockedOnDolphins.com, I think it was about a week ago, saying that Ryan Tannehill after the scrimmage was a little bit mum on the idea that the offense was struggling or the guys were jumping off sides. And I said, if guys are going to continue to jump off sides and commit pre-snap penalties, I just want to see 17, like grab a face mask and, and really get in their face and just take command of the offense. Well, maybe he reads LockedOnDolphins.com because today he ripped Kalen Balaj a new ass crack next to the one that he already has. He said he kicked him out of the huddle, sent him to the sideline for failing to pick up a blitz protection. And Adam Gaze mentioned it after practice that you can't do that every time, but Tannehill was right in this instance. And I think that really shows a clear authoritarian type of task that Ryan Tannehill has taken on with his offense and this team. And yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It's not really earth shattering. Everybody picked up the story and wrote about it. It was on profootballtalk.com from Mike Florio. It's a small thing, but it's something that get you going in that direction in terms of Ryan Tannehill being this leader we all want him to see. And apparently he went to the sideline after the offense finished that drive and was continuing to get after Kalen Balazs. And I think it just speaks to the idea that these guys aren't going to be able to get away with half-assing things like we saw on Hard Knocks of the Cleveland Browns. Half-assing is going to be over in Miami, and you hope that happens immediately with Tannehill and Adam Gaze. And speaking of Adam Gaze, he said that the Thursday game against the Buccaneers looked like, and it was, Raekwon McMillan's first 14 snaps as a professional linebacker. So they don't seem too alarmed, but they are at least weary of the fact that Raekwon's debut was a little bit dubious in its performance out there against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But speaking of Matt Burke's defense, there are changes all over the field today at practice. We'll tell you about those, as well as two defenders that have earned more work on the defense that we haven't previously talked about all that much. We'll do that next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. The running back, he has scored a touchdown. Here's Jameis Winston being rushed. Talk about a pass rush, and you saw it there. Big loss, Vincent Taylor, and a 
Mateo, one to watch. He's been a sleeper. We have notes on defensive tackle Vincent Taylor up on LockedOnDolphins.com comparing his film from 2017 to what he showed in the preseason opener on Thursday night. Very impressive. And we have that piece talking about him as well as Jerome Baker earning more reps on this defense as time goes along. We talked about in the piece that self-scouting is a downfall of almost every single NFL coaching staff in national in the National Football League. And the Dolphins are no they're, they're not any exception to that list. And it happens every year with Adam Gaze. It happens with most teams every year. But you just hope that they can get out in front of it and try to mitigate some of those poor decisions early on in the season. And I think Vincent Taylor being elevated to a starting defensive tackle could be one of those cases in 2018. He played 18% of the snaps last year behind Jordan Phillips' 38% and Devon Godshaw's 47%. So a big increase from D-tackles number two and three to the number four defensive tackle on the team. Obviously all behind Indomitian Sue, registering about 87% of the snaps, which still to this day is absolutely absurd. Vincent Taylor constantly graded out as one of the better run defenders, not just on the Dolphins team, but in the league when he was actually playing. He can anchor, he can disengage, he can do everything you want, and he's showing a greater penchant for creating penetration and disruption in the backfield. And the beat writer for the Miami Herald, Adam Beasley, tweeted out at practice today on Sunday that he was today and has been throughout the course of practice in the or this training camp been one of the most disruptive players at the position for the Dolphins and like I said going back to his tape last year he was chasing down quarterbacks he was fighting off double teams showing very good change of direction a big time motor and we saw all of those things lateral of movement ability to work down the line of scrimmage against stretch plays and outside zone and that type of thing his ability to loop around on a stunt and get a sack on Jameis Winston and he had Jameis Winston in the crosshairs who isn't really an athletic quarterback, but he's definitely an elusive quarterback within the pocket, but he wanted no part of trying to escape big Vincent Taylor's grasp, and Taylor got him down to the to the turf for his first sack of the preseason. I expect his workload to increase, and I also expect rookie linebacker Jerome Baker to see an even bigger increase because we saw his workload bump up in preseason game number one comparatively to what we saw throughout the course of training camp for the first couple of weeks. He opened the team period of practice today on Sunday with the number ones, working as a Sam linebacker against 13 personnel, a spot you wouldn't expect to put him as a slobber knocker, a banger type of linebacker to get his head in there and make some big hits and make some plays in the running game. But he was the first option off the bench when Miami went to nickel on Thursday night. And that was an even bigger surprise to him as they called him up on the spot and he didn't even know he was going into the game. So it sounds like he has impressed coaches enough to earn a bigger role on the defense. But you wouldn't really have been able to tell that he was not aware of his position on the defense because he was everywhere in that game. He was knifing in on the stretch plays on the outside zone. Like we talked about with Vincent Taylor, he was getting to the edge, turning things back inside. He was making tackles. He blew up a screenplay, and it's that trigger, that speed, and those instincts. We all saw that at Ohio State, and you can see it on film at Ohio State, his ability to play back and see things in front of him and just explode downhill towards the ball carrier, the ability to move sideline to sideline, that lateral agility is a big part of what he does in his game and just the selflessness of his play at Ohio State 
and the willingness to open things up and stay true to his gap integrity to create opportunities for his teammates. And he did that a whole bunch at Ohio State with Raekwon McMillan. They would do cross-dog blitz where you want to cross over the center and, and kind of try to confuse the quarterback in the way you take a different lane compared to where you're lined up pre-snap. And he would do that. And despite the fact that things might open up on the inside, he stayed true to his assignment, would draw the last blocker, the last line of defense and the running back and free up the other rusher to make that un the completely unblocked sack for his teammates. So he did that stuff on tape. He did it on Thursday night. You have to get really excited about what those two guys did in the game. I think they should both get more run with the first team throughout the course of the preseason. And it kind of sounds like the Dolphins are thinking at least somewhat in that same vein as I gave them both run today in practice with more of the first team. But those weren't the only real changes to the lineup on defense at practice today on Sunday. And before we get to those, look, I know everyone is upset with the results we had, but we have to remember that what this preseason really means. Preseason, perhaps an audition to see just who fares best working in dropping into the hook zone and identifying who is the best nickel linebacker on this team to find out who they can put on the field on Sundays compared to what it is right now in training camp and preseason, just trying to run basic concepts that don't get you out of trouble when it comes to one-on-one matchups and we say the same thing about quarterbacks throwing interceptions in training camp right like it's okay to throw a pick in training camp because you want them to try that out at practice rather than do it in a game and you can get it corrected in exhibition get it on film and get it fixed for September and just to kind of go off track here a little bit Adam Gaze was on Sirius Radio today talking about Ryan Tannehill and the growth he has made and how much he wants Tannehill just to trust his eyes says you have good ball placement you have good accuracy just rip it in there and trust your receivers make the plays and he protects the football he's not a guy that Gaze has to worry about and he can allow him to play with that mentality because he's not worried about that so if you guys haven't seen that I believe it was NFL XM Radio has it up on their Twitter account so check that out but getting back on track talking about the defensive side of the football there were changes all over the defense and trying out new things to get the most out of this unit because of the failure or just general lack of results on Thursday night and Matt Burke kind of went with a clean slate on Sunday's practice as he moved Bobby McCain to first crack at perimeter corner. And we talked about Bashad Breland possibly getting signed here. McCain, to me, is the front runner to win that job on the outside. And he got first crack on Sunday's practice at playing out there. And one thing I have to really make clear, because this doesn't seem to be very clear to the fan base, that just because McCain plays on the outside doesn't mean he's not going to still play nickel. All it means is that when there's base defense, only two corners on the field, he is one of those guys. Then you bring nickel onto the field, and another one comes onto the field to play outside. McCain goes inside. So rather than playing Cordray at Tankersley 100% of the snaps, compared to Bobby McCain 75% of the snaps, McCain gets 100%, and then Tankersley goes back to like a 25% player. So get your best players in the field. That's what they did. They also, in nickel defense, had McCain working some on the outside because they have Mika Fitzpatrick, who at Alabama was the best slot cornerback in the entire country playing for Nick Saban down there. And they know that if McCain goes down, they're going to have to have a backup plan, and that's going to be Mika Fitzpatrick because the slot position is so important, and the Dolphins really only have one guy capable of it outside of Minka. So Minka gets run with the first team in the slot, and it's it seems like the cornerback group can work itself out, especially if they bring in Breland to sign and play on the outside and get this secondary where it needs to be. And lastly, on the secondary, they ran a lot more three-safety, quote-unquote, dime packages that everyone wants to see this offseason. They ran some more of that at practice. So don't, don't slit your wrist yet over what you saw on Thursday night. That's not going to be the defense you see, that soft cover two, way off coverage with Xavier Howard playing way back. That won't be what you see. 
when the Dolphins start playing on Sunday. So just relax on all of that. It'll be okay. Let's get to the season first, and we'll just be calm until we actually have trouble in September. All right, we have more to get to in the podcast here, including a new depth chart, which for whatever reason we're going to talk about next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. Rolling on into the third and final segment of the Locked On Dolphins podcast for Sunday slash Monday, August the 12th slash 13th here as we move on talking about the depth chart number two coming out and this thing is about as irrelevant as these preseason games are but we have to talk about it and there really weren't any changes you still have the Frank Gore or Kenyon Drake starting at running back first string there you still have Mike Kosicki as the fifth string tight end Jerome Baker gets himself behind Kiko Alonso for the weak side linebacker job but yet again the rookies tend to fall behind everyone else there you still have Bobby McCain the second cornerback Minka Fitzpatrick is the number two safety behind McDonald, but we all know, like I said, that's probably not going to be the case. So this depth chart, not much has changed, not really a whole lot to talk about. There are two more practices this week to get to. The team practices on Monday as well as Tuesday. They're going to be off on Wednesday and Thursday, and then it is game day on Friday. And if you guys enjoyed the coverage from the game last week on Thursday, I'll be doing the exact same thing on Friday night for that game. And it's going to be a big-time celebration for me as I'm finishing up my math class that I have right now to finish out my AA degree, which is about a 12-year work in progress. That'll be wrapped up by the time we record that podcast and by the time the Dolphins kick off against the Carolina Panthers. So big celebration for me there. Going to be a very good time. Next week, I'll be at the Oregon Coast. But don't worry, the podcast goes on. We record a podcast for you guys every day as as we draw closer and closer to the regular season, which is now just four weeks away from the recording of this podcast. But as for this podcast, that will do it for me. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Mm-hmm.